The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. And if you're listening live, it may well be snowing where you are. Or maybe it's just kind of slushy, depending upon where you are. I'm having fun today with our engineer, Jeff, because I looked at him on the Skype screen and I said, there's so much more depth in the visual than there usually is. And he said, well, that's because I'm in a room with a slanted ceiling. So he's working from home because of a snowstorm in the Midwest, which I guess we're going to get here in the East tomorrow. What we have today are these incredible slush pools. That's a word, isn't it? Slush pool. That means like where all the stuff goes that nobody really wants. I guess that's kind of what it is. Yesterday was winter wonderland. Today is spring slush. It takes a lot of flexibility to get along in this world, and I hope you've got plenty and that I'll have some to share with you today on the show. Oh, we're going to have a fashionably good time. Our guest today is one of my favorite people, Ginger Burr of TotalImageConsultants.com. I met Ginger up in the Boston area when we were both listening or both speaking for, uh, (laughs) I guess we were listening to one another, both speaking for a, a workshop that was put on up there by a lovely raw food restaurant. And Ginger was just so naturally exquisite. And I knew she was all fashion-y and cool. And then when I found out that she was vegan too and works with her clients, not just on looking divine, but also on doing it with compassion, I knew that we were sisters of the spirit and it'll be really fun to introduce you to her coming up here in a few minutes. And I have some things right now to share with you. The first thing is I want to share this beautiful little quotation that I got this morning on Twitter. I subscribe to a couple of those things that are sort of like the voice of the spirit or your little message from God or whatever it is. And you know, it sounds hokey till you do it. But then once you start getting these things, they just always seem like they're absolutely perfect. And today it said, listen to yourself, not the noise of the world. Only you know what is right for you. Now, this was extra perfect because it happened that I was working down in the library of my condominium. I live here in New York City in a high rise. And on the second floor, we have a a lovely room where people can go to work and be very, very quiet. 
But out in the hallway, a nanny had two very, very noisy children. And I found myself getting really, really irritated. Didn't she know that a lot of us were working in there and I'm trying to work on a book and working on a book always brings out one's artistic temperament, which is not always the most pleasant aspect of the personality. And then here comes this quotation, listen to yourself, not the noise of the world, only you know what is right for you. And I just feel that that spills over and applies to so many things. And it also applies to what we choose to eat. Now, obviously, as Main Street Vegan, I just hope everybody will want to be vegan. And I do believe that that is possible. And one of these days, that's going to happen. But within that fold of eating foods from the plant kingdom, There are lots of ways to do it. There are lots of choices, and people do well doing this lots of different ways. So don't allow yourself to be guru-worshipped or to be forced into feeling that there's only one way to be healthy in this world. There are all kinds of ways, and there is one way, maybe, that's for you. I started to say there's one way for you. Well, yeah, or maybe there's one way for you now, and there's another way for you in the hot summertime, and there's another way for you when you're pregnant, and there's another way for you when you're 95 years old. So let us allow to be flexible and compassionate with ourselves and with the animals. And speaking of animals, I had so much fun when I just started the show. I told you I was looking at our uh, producer, our engineer out there in Kansas City, and he had his glorious dog, Hollister, uh, Jack Russell, come on the screen and say, hey, was reading an article about all the things that dogs do for us inadvertently just by being dogs. You can actually find it on the Huffington Post round about February 3rd, 2014, if you want to do some research and find that. I believe it's called 10 Ways Dogs Can Make You Healthier. And one of the the studies that was done that I found so fascinating and kind of cute was that when they looked at people's blood pressure and their other sorts of physiological indicators of what's going on with them stress-wise, when they were merely looking into the beautiful face of their dog, all those numbers balanced out and got a whole lot healthier. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I feel so lucky that there is a dog in my life. And if you have a cat or a bird or or a rat or a ferret or somebody else that you love, that's all good too. Not to mention all the people we love. Sometimes I can just look at my husband and feel just as good as if I look at my dog. And that's actually a compliment, although I know some humans wouldn't say so. But if you knew how much I love my dog, anybody would know what I mean. So love you, William. Love you, Forbes. That's all good. Urban Yoga Foundation here in New York City, up in Harlem, which is my neighborhood, but a little further up on Saturday, had their winter detox day. And that was absolutely thrilling because a lot of people came to that who weren't vegan. Now, there were a lot of people there who were vegan, the lovely chef who did some of the raw food and and winter detox kinds of, of food for us. But a lot of people were just looking at eating foods from the plant kingdom as a way to kind of detox and then go back to where they started. But that's almost like, okay, I'm going to just bathe every day for a week and then I'll just go back to, oh, you know, anytime I feel like it. Let's get cleaned up and let's stay there. And if you're listening from the Winter Detox Day from Urban Yoga Foundation, I'm just so, so happy to know you. And I hope that we can get together again and do some more fun stuff up here in the neighborhood. Then on Sunday, William and I had fun. We went to the Gardein Super Bowl tailgate party. You see how I hesitated? I am so not a sports fan that I forgot for a second what they call that. Gardein tailgate party. I had never been to a tailgate party. I grew up in Kansas City where football is a sacrament, but you know, it's never too late. So I went to a tailgate party with my husband and it was so much fun. The Gardein people made all this American food. 
It was kind of bar food. They had meatballs, but of course, meatless balls and sliders and some breaded, fried, multigrain, crunchy things that tasted kind of like fish sticks or kind of like what I think chicken nuggets would taste like, except I stopped eating meat before they made chicken nuggets. Isn't that weird? I've also never been to McDonald's. Back when I ate hamburgers, they didn't have McDonald's in Kansas City. At least I don't think they did. I ate hamburgers other places. Sometimes it's fun to feel historic. But anyway, so I did have my annual taste of fried foods on Sunday and met some wonderful people. Uh, Paz, who is the founder of The Seed here in New York City, wonderful event that happens every year. I also met a gentleman who publishes Ebony and Jet magazines, and he said that he wants to do a lot more about health in his magazines because people in the African-American community tend to get these diseases of civilization more frequently than other ethnic groups. And I'm absolutely thrilled that he wants to do that. I was in email contact with him later, giving him some names and information of people that he might want to research. And the final thing that I want to share with you all before I bring on our wonderful guest today is that I saw a gorgeous pair of shoes today on Facebook. It comes from... They come from Olsen House Pure Vegan. That's O-L-S-E-N-H-A-U-S. They're flats. You know, you reach a time in life when flats look really good. And one pair of shoes has the OM symbol. OM is for peace of all existence. And the other pair has a V for vegan, which is also peace all existence. So check out Olson House Pure Vegan and get yourself some shoes or wish for some shoes and um, we'll just get together and dance. Stay with us through these announcements and we'll be back with Ginger Burr and we'll just get ourselves all fashion-y. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. 
Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much again for joining us on the Main Street Vegan podcast. You can find us live on Wednesdays, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time at unity.fm right on your computer. Or you can catch us later as an, a podcast on iTunes and and uh, Stitcher and all those other places that you listen to podcasts. And if you do love us and want to go to iTunes and give us five stars, oh my gosh, five precious stars, and maybe a wonderful glowing review that says why you listen in, that would really help. We're learning that the more people do that on iTunes, the more people are moved to listen to particular shows and that means the more people are introduced to going vegan and that is a very good thing so thanks to everybody who's done that and everybody who's planning to it is now my distinct pleasure to introduce ginger burr ginger is president of total image consultants and has been for 27 years she's been helping women around the world create wardrobes they love by connecting with their inner essence she has been featured in worth forbes bloomberg business week and she was chosen by veg news as one of the 25 most fascinating vegetarians for her innovative and groundbreaking work as a vegan image consultant she is the author of the book that's so you create a look you love with beauty style and grace and guess what i wrote the foreword oh i'm so honored thank you ginger her um Website is totalimageconsultants.com, so you can check out her work. And she has a lovely podcast as well, she and her partner, Marion, so we'll find out more about that. Hey, Ginger, welcome to Main Street Vegan. Thank you, Victoria. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it is wonderful, wonderful to have you. Yeah, we were talking before about those beautiful flats from Olson House. What do you think of them? Oh, my goodness. I think you could rock those red flats big time. I think you have to have them. Yes, sometimes it just comes like the voice of God. You must have those shoes. And, you know, (laughs) for years as vegans... We just kind of had to say, no, that's one girly game we don't get to play because there just weren't that many great shoes available, but things have changed. Well, you know, I don't know how you did it so many years ago. I went vegan nine years ago, and it was even challenging then. I found myself buying any shoes that I saw that came along that said they were man-made just so that I could have shoes, even if they were uncomfortable, even if I didn't particularly like them, just because I was afraid I would never find anything else. So we've come a long way. Oh, we have indeed. And it's so funny. I was talking to one of the salespeople down at Moose Shoes, our wonderful vegan shoe store here in New York City. And she had gone to a big shoe trade show and she was looking at a pair of shoes and it said vegan uppers. But then she noticed it said leather sole. So she was talking to somebody from the company and saying, why would you say vegan if the shoe isn't vegan? Why not just say man-made or synthetic or something else? And the woman said, well, people look for vegan. <laughs> they like oh to my see that. Goodness. 
Isn't well, that's it a, good, except it's slightly misleading, but yeah. I can see where, what, where she's going with that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just means that all of a sudden the word is cool, and that's why that's I right. keep pushing for people to use the word. It seems like the only people who don't like the word are people who eat this way and who are just worried that they don't want to be called a name. Right, yes, yes. They're worried about fitting in. Yeah, yeah, well, I think compassionate is is the new cool. And you certainly have been cool for such a long time. Is it effortless for you, Ginger? Do you just look fabulous because you're so used to looking fabulous? <laughs> I wish that were true. I, I put energy into it. I'm very picky. And the one thing that I will never give up is um, wanting to look great and marrying that with my vegan values and realizing that there's no way that I can put something on my body that has harmed an animal, it took, that took some getting used to, but I was up for the adventure. And so, no, it's not effortless, um, but I know what I need to do and I know what I need to pay attention to and I know how to shop my, for myself so that I'll love the things that I'm wearing. And that's what I teach my clients because it's important that, you know, if you love that pair of shoes, then you need to have them and wear them a lot, wear them every day so that you get your wear out of them and you enjoy them. That's the key to, you know, looking great is feeling happy about how you're putting yourself out there in the world every day. I think it really is that 80-20 rule. They say that 80% of the clothes are worn 20% of the time because until you really learn how to do this, until you really learn to only buy something that you love, you tend to gravitate toward those things that make you feel like a million bucks and the other things just sort of pad the closet. Right. And, you know, we're torn in so many directions and we're told, wear this, wear this, wear this. This is cool. This is, you know, what everybody's wearing out there. And it's very overwhelming, particularly for women over 40, and that's primarily who I work with because we're an ignored subset of the population when it comes to fashion anyway. So we have to get out there and make our own fashion out of what's available. And it can be overwhelming and frustrating, and you can search and then buy things and they sit in your closet with tags on them because you don't think you're supposed to have them. Um, but you don't know what to do with them or you don't even know if they look good. So really understanding what works for you and then, of course, having the compassion component of, of it as well is all very doable, and there are tools that help you to be able to navigate the crazy world of fashion out there. Well, and certainly one of those tools is your book, That's So You, Create a Look You Thank Love you. with Beauty, yes. Style, and Grace. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned women over 40, and, and we talk on this show a lot about the health benefits of, of eating a plant-exclusive diet. For a lot of people, that means losing weight. But for some people, it doesn't. And for some people, that is, is a struggle for life. For some people, it's a little bit more of a struggle in those over 40 years. So what do you say to a woman who wants to look good, but just who feels that she doesn't have the fashion body? Yeah, it's a constant problem. In fact, I was talking to a woman today who said, you know, I'm in my 60s and all of a sudden I have weight at my tummy that I've never had before and how do I dress so that I don't look like um, a mess and yet still feel um, fashionable and good about myself. And it is tricky um, to have your body change on you or to be worrying about your weight. And so it's a, it really is a matter of getting out into the stores. And, you know, usually it's trying new stores. If your body has changed and you've put on a little weight or, you're, or shifted, the weight has shifted, if you keep shopping in the same places you've always shopped and you're not having any luck, then it's time to find a new store. And I was talking with the woman today about a couple of smaller boutiques, and people always cringe at the idea of boutiques, but these are no more expensive than the stores that you find in the, in the mall. And finding these stores that really speak to who she is inside of her and finding things that then work for her body differently. Wearing, if you've got a little extra weight on, wearing a third layer, wearing a jacket or a sweater or something that gives a, um, a little ease to everything and doesn't, you don't have to feel like everything is skin tight. In fact, the woman I was talking to today, she said, I love the tip you always gave, which is everyone has a six-inch waist. And it's true. If you're wearing a jacket or a sweater over something and you have on a, a belt or even if you don't underneath it, all you see is that six inches where the um, jacket is open. And it'll immediately like, make you look slimmer and taller than you did with, than you would without that. So that extra piece really helps a lot. 
Mm, that's a great tip. I was looking for more tunics. Some years they seem to have those and some years not so much. This year they don't seem to have so much. But it occurred to me that I go to the gym every single morning and I go from there to a cafe usually to ride. And so I, I live in in those tight stretchy pants and I need something to go on top so that I can go to Starbucks and something that doesn't just say, I was just at the gym. So I ordered from a place called Pyramid Collections, which I think is up in Massachusetts, up up near you. And what was so funny was I've been listening to the Mists of Avalon on audio. So part of my life is back in the Arthurian legends and I'm at Glastonbury and, and I'm living a thousand years ago and part of me is doing, you know, regular life and these clothing that kind of harken back to that sort of look arrived just as I was listening to the book and it was so perfect because I love every single one of them and I'm going to have so much fun with them. And so when you add your red, red shoes, it'll be perfect. Oh yeah, right. Uh, that. <laughs> When the slush is gone, I will add the red shoes, yes. If you wear them, the slush will leave. So <laughs> I like that. Buy them, please, right away. So before we get into talking about the cruelty-free aspects of fashion, just explain to those of us who maybe are not 100% sure what an image consultant is, what do you do and who hires someone like you? Great. I... Um I help women feel really good about how they look, which means that it can have many different components. It can, I can help someone figure out what colors look best on them. I can go through their closet and help them identify what works and what doesn't and which of those things that still have the tags on it should go away and which they can then um, integrate into their existing wardrobe. Um, I take them shopping, um, help them with accessories, anything that has to do with the external image, although I do it from an internal vantage point. I'm always looking at who is somebody and then how do you reflect that on the outside. And to be honest with you, it's really funny. A few years ago, I had a woman say to me, so are all of your clients celebrities? And I said, no. I have a few authors, but other than that, if I were relying on celebrities, I would have been out of business a long time ago. My clients are your average woman who just wants to feel great about herself. And as I mentioned, most of my clients are over 40 because that's where it starts to get a little bit harder, particularly, as you had mentioned, if your body has shifted a little bit or things aren't quite as firm as they used to be and they just want some help dressing and maybe they're now now empty nesters and it's time for them to focus on themselves. So I work with your average woman who um, just has your, an existence like you and I have. And, and you go actually out shopping with them? Oh, yes, absolutely. I spend half my life in the stores once we get into the shopping season. Right now, shopping is terrible in the stores, just in case anybody needs to know. For most stores, it is not a great time to shop. Um, you can pick up a little piece here or there, but don't plan on buying anything of any importance. Um, but come up the beginning of March... Then the spring line is in there in full swing, and it's time to get out of the slushy stuff and into something fun and springy feeling. Oh, that sounds fun, particularly today. <laughs> Gray yeah, day out my window. In the current issue of Vogue, this would be the February 2014 issue of Vogue, there's an article about Lena Dunham, and there is a photograph of her wearing a feather dress with a live pigeon on her head. Now, I noticed that because one of our instructors for Main Street Vegan Academy is Joshua Catcher. He has the men's clothing website, men's fashion website, The Discerning Brute, and he's also a designer at bravegentleman.com. And when he does his presentations, he talks about how the fashion world often uses animals, live animals, juxtaposed with clothing made from dead animals for some sort of, I don't know, shock value or something. But because I had learned that from Joshua, when I saw it in this current magazine, it really jumped out at me. So how did you, as a person steeped in fashion, make the leap or the transition into compassionate fashion? Well, it's interesting because I first went vegan when I learned about what happens to dairy cows and the, and how they're 
connected to the veal industry, and I went vegan overnight at that point, vegan food-wise overnight. And then I had this awakening that said, hello, Ginger, you know, it isn't just what's on your plate. It's also what's in your closet and your makeup cabinet and all of that. And so I had a moment of panic when I thought, oh, dear, what do I do? Not only from my own personal style viewpoint, but also from the fact that, you know, this is what I teach women to do. I help them to dress well. And so I realized that I, at that moment, that I could stand around and whine and, and realize that there were things I couldn't wear, or I could make it an adventure. And I chose the latter because it just sounded like a lot more fun. And then when I went and I looked in my closet, I realized that I didn't, actually didn't have a lot of wool. I had always found it itchy. And for me, silk, you know, I would spill things on it and ruin it right away. So there wasn't a lot of that. It was leather and it was my winter coats for me that were the biggest issue Um, because that's, you know, even now it's a little bit hard to find coats that are not made out of wool. Um, but, But leather and leather has gotten to be a lot easier. But I realized that there was no way that I could continue to wear those fabrics in all good conscience. And so I, I started shopping, and the first place I started shopping was for shoes. I thought, okay, I already have things in my closet that are made out of cotton and um, linen and microfibers and modal and tencel and rayon and all those things, but it's really my shoes where it's the biggest issue. And I just started shopping. And as I told you, you know, I made a lot of mistakes because I just bought whatever I could find at first. But after a while, and then I calmed down and realized that there were options available, and those options were only growing as we went along. I never looked back. I just kept going forward. I got rid of all the things in my closet that were not um, vegan-friendly and never went back to it. I just couldn't. My heart wouldn't let me do it. That's beautiful. I think to listen to the heart is such an important thing. You know, when you had talked about going vegan with your food, but it took a while to catch up that, oh gosh, there's stuff in the closet too that caused somebody suffering and death. There was a piece this morning that was tweeted by somebody that I really like on Twitter. This is not a person that I know personally. He lives in Singapore, but he tweets as vegan capitalist. And he linked to an article on a site called On Medica, O-N-M-E-D-I-C-A dot com. And there is uh, an article there called Veggies Unwittingly Consume Meat Products in Drugs. Veggies, I guess that means us, V-E-G-G-I-E-S, Unwittingly Consume Meat Products and Drugs, because this is another thing that a lot of ethical vegans don't think about, and yet those early vegans in England thought about it a lot, and they actually helped to create and and build the Nature Cure Clinic in London because they wanted to offer an alternative to that. So I see that what they did with medication in the 1940s and 50s in England, you're doing right now with, with clothing. So just for people who are new to this, you have mentioned, I mean, everybody knows leather. Okay, leather is a byproduct of the beef industry, but there is also a leather industry that doesn't really have anything to do with beef, leather coming from India. Is this correct? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think we think of it as just coming from the meat industry and the ca- and cattle, but there are many, many, many other animals, including, um, you know, kangaroos, alligators, snakes, goats, lambs, um, even cats and dogs, that which I know horrifies people in our country, um, all of them are used to make leather. And it's, it's a horrifying, absolutely horrifying industry and an um, environmentally, an environmental nightmare um, because of all the caustic chemicals that they use. So, yes, it's partly a co-product um, of the meat industry, but the meat industry could not survive without the, the leather industry. And then there are certainly many places in which leather is just pre- procured for the skin of the animals, um, and just procuring it is is horrifying enough. If anybody sees any of the videos on YouTube, um, it's enough to turn you vegan in a heartbeat. Mm. So I know a lot of vegetarians that might still be using some animal products in their diet uh, are oftentimes not using leather and certainly not fur. I, I think to anybody listening to this program, fur just 
goes without saying on the Super Bowl the other night when Joe Namath, whom I just so admired when I was a teenager, came on with that fur coat, I thought, please, God, make it fake. And my second thought was, it's so ugly, it has to be fake. And then, no, it's so ugly, it has to be real. Yeah. Well, it's like Miley Cyrus on New Year's Eve wearing that, you know, white fox coat that was 8 million miles long um, without any awareness, it seems, or consciousness at all. It was just uh, mind-boggling to me that she could don that in front of millions of people. You know, I agree with you. I mean, fur is something that we've heard about for many, many years, and why anyone still continues to wear it is beyond me. And then when I realized that leather is actually the same as fur, it's just like bald fur, I realized that there's no difference. And that's one of the things that I try to point out to people because it was an awakening to me to learn, to learn that. It doesn't sound like it should be, but it was. No, but, but, and, and I could see how you can really counsel your clients because you have such a wonderful way about yourself. It would never come across as you shouldn't be doing this, but just rather, ah, here is an aha for us to share together. So after the break, I want to hear quickly about the problems with wool and silk, and then we're going to talk about vegan fashion and how to be compassionately gorgeous so stay with us through the break we'll be back with more ginger burr if you want to check out her site it's totalimageconsultants.com you have a coach in your corner a life coach that is Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. My Hi. guest today is image consultant Ginger Burr, totalimageconsultants.com. Now, before the break, Ginger, you were telling us the horrors of, of leather and fur. So quickly let people know who are not familiar why vegans move away from wool and from silk. It's so true, Victoria, that a lot of people don't know, I didn't know, that wool is not as benign a product as we would think, particularly the huge commercial wool industry. The um, sheep are, we've bred sheep to have multiple folds, particularly in Australia with the merino wool sheep. We've bred them to have multiple folds in their skin so that they can produce more fur per, or not fur, but wool per sheep. And so the... um, uh, shearing process becomes more complicated because of those folds. If you imagine trying to shave your legs if they were bumpy, it's not pretty. And they also are more prone to something called fly strike, which is where flies get in and, and lay eggs and they produce maggots and they eat the sheep alive and it's really dreadful. Um, so they do something called mule sing where they cut off the back end of the sheep, um, the skin at the back end without anesthesia, so it'll form a scab and smooth skin after that so the flies can't get in there besides the fact that many, many um, lambs die just from exposure and not being able to be taken care of properly because there are so many of them. So they now breed the sheep to, to produce more lambs so that they can offset the loss of some that die just automatically. And they are, the thing about wool is people say, well, you know, the sheep don't die, when in fact actually they do. And they may not die after the first shearing or the second or even the third, um, but when they stop producing the amount of wool that the sheep farmer wants them to produce or to make it economically feasible for them, they ship them overseas, if they're coming from Australia, overseas on on this many, many-story high ship for weeks at a time 
crammed in there, very little food or water. Many die on their way there, and they become food. They are slaughtered for food. So they do, in fact, die as a result of that. And there's much more with the wool industry, but that kind of gives you a little bit of a um, an idea of, you know, it's not a pretty picture. And when you look at the, the all those beautiful wool sweaters sitting on a shelf in your favorite store and they look gorgeous, it's not pretty where they came from. The end result is pretty, but how they got there is not so pretty. And then for silk, you know, it's, I, I know it's hard sometimes for people to get very worked up about a worm, which is actually more like a caterpillar because it turns into a moth. But what we do to the silkworms in order to make sure that the silk strand is unbroken, the silkworms are boiled alive in their cocoon so that we can then take the strand of silk and have it, because otherwise they eat their way out of the cocoon. So we want that strand unbroken so we can work with it easily, and so they boil or steam them alive. And it's just a horrible death. I mean, who, who could even imagine something like that happening to them or anyone that they love and I know a silkworm is not the same, but it's still mean. And I don't want to wear anything that feels so mean. Oh, I love that. And, and the truth is, beauty is all-encompassing. So if there's, if there's something on your body that has a cruel history, it's not going to be as beautiful. Maybe to the eye, but not, not to the, the inner sight of, of anybody who's uh, aware. So I know we do want to talk about beauty as well today, but before we get there, tell us about vegan fashion. So we're not doing the leather and the suede and, and the wool and the silk and the fur. What do we wear? Well, everybody feels like, oh, my God, there's nothing else to wear. And there are so many things. In fact, what I have found is in many, many stores, particularly we're, in, at least in the northern hemisphere here, we're about to go into spring and summer. And it is a breeze then because you have cotton and linen and um, uh, modal and some of the microfibers. It's just there's, you don't see as much of the wool and the fur and the leather and the down. And so it's a very easy season. There's, um, you don't have to look for a store that says it's vegan. You can go into any store where you normally shop, and you will find things that are made out of um, um, animal-friendly fabrics. I have an Eileen Fisher, and I know Eileen Fisher does use a lot of wool and silk, particularly wool, but I happen to have an Eileen Fisher organic cotton sweater that is just gorgeous that I got at Nordstrom Rack. And so, you know, even in Eileen Fisher, who is not known for being vegan-friendly, there were options to find there. Um, you can shop anywhere that you shop now, and you just have to read the label. If it says wool or silk or alpaca or leather or mohair or any of those, then you know that it's not vegan-friendly. But if it says cotton or tencel or rayon or um, modal or viscose or polyester, then you know that it is vegan-friendly. Now, you said the P word, and I know that some people <laughs> probably got their hackles up. There has always been the argument, and I know we had... Um, on our show, uh, Dr. Brian Clement and his, his wife, Dr. Anna Marie Clement from the Hippocrates Health Institute, they wrote a book called Killer Clothes, saying that wearing synthetic fibers is, is so unhealthy, and other people talk about synthetics in the environment. Where do you come down on all that? Well, I agree. It is a tricky one. There's no doubt about it. Um, and there are the polyester that we have now is not the polyester that my father's leisure suit was made out of back in the 1970s. It is um, different. And they have made it, first of all, so that it feels better to the touch, which is actually nice. And there are many companies, just like with many of the shoe companies, there are many companies that are aware of the environmental hazards of some of the polyesters. And so they're making them more environmentally friendly. They're making them more um, recyclable. They're, they're aware of the fact that it has a bad rap, and with good reason it has a bad rap. So I do wear polyesters. I, when I have to choose between vegan-friendly and something that may not be quite as environmentally friendly, I will choose the vegan-friendly all the time. And the thing you have to remember is that a lot of vegan, um, a lot of non-vegan fabrics come from the animal industry. Well, they all do. What am I saying? They all do. 
And the animal industry, animal agribusiness, is not known for being particularly environmentally friendly. That's why we have lagoons of animal poop and, you know, uh, um, waters that are being polluted and a lot of the ozone layer being disintegrated is, you know, a result of animal agriculture. So it's not like these... Um, uh, natural animal products are particularly good for the environment. So when we measure them side by side, it's sometimes a toss-up as to which is better. Even cotton, I mean, conventional cotton uses a lot of pesticides. So ideally, we would all be wearing organic cotton. And that will, that industry will continue to grow as we demand those things. And we have to start somewhere. And I start yes. with vegan fashion. Well, and that's how I feel about clothing. And that's how I feel about food. You know, some people say, well, if you're vegan and you're out somewhere, you may just be stuck with having white flour pasta. How dreadful. Well, you know what? I don't eat white flour pasta when I have another choice. But when I don't have another choice, I just say, body, deal with it, rather than having an animal product. So I guess we all draw the line somewhere, and it seems that compassion is a great dividing line. So while we're all in our pretty clothes, what are we going to do with makeup and skincare? Oh, my goodness. It's such, that is actually such a fun topic, and it's one that I have been doing tons and tons more research with um, recently. And I have to say that one of the things that I just did, I don't know if you've ever done this, Victoria, but it is a blast. Um, I'm sure you know about vegan cuts. Oh, and yes. I, I went to vegan cuts, and I signed up for their monthly beauty box. And I just got my beauty box a week, uh, about a week or so ago. And what they do is they put like sample sizes, small sizes of um, various cruelty-free products. And I have to say that I loved almost everything that was in my my kit. And one of the things, you know, this is an area, it's not exactly, it's more like personal care rather than makeup. But um, I don't know about you, but finding a really good... Um, healthy, vegan-friendly deodorant has been an issue. And I have two that I can recommend. Um, one came out of this Vegan Cuts beauty box. And that one is, it's called, it's got a, the craziest name. It's called Primal Pit Paste. And it's, um, my partner Marion has been using it, and she loves it. And I use another one called um, Soap Walla Kitchen deodorant cream. So I know where that's, it's such a, that can be a challenging one to find one that you really like. I just thought I would throw that out there for people to um, maybe go and check those out. Great. Okay. Got those down. Now <laughs> I want to get a uh, move up from the pits a little to the face. <laughs> and have you found a really lovely incandescent <laughs> Glowy, dewy foundation. Well, I actually, um, I use one that's, that I like. It, it's, um, it's a little bit hard to find because I, I used to buy it directly from the manufacturer. It's, but if you do a search for liquid powder mineral foundation, and you can find it actually at, I know it's at Amazon, and other places sell it as well. It comes in a black tube, and it'll say liquid powder mineral foundation on it. It is the foundation. I just recently stopped selling makeup and skincare. I wanted to give myself an opportunity to explore even more products. That foundation, my clients loved. They were hysterical when they found out that I wasn't going to be selling it anymore, but I did find it on Amazon, and it is one of the best foundations I have ever found. Great. Well, one of the things that I've found, and I'm sure you have too, Ginger, you have to shop around whether you're using the products that come from cruelty or the products that don't. And actually, the fact that it's it's a somewhat smaller uh, shopping space is kind of good because you really can't try out 34,000 mascaras. So nice to have it down to about 150. <laughs> and, and then you do find what you truly love. So tell us what's in your cosmetic bag. Oh, fun. What's in my car? Actually, I use quite a few Echo Bella products. I use a lot of their skincare, and I also I love their mascara. Speaking of mascara, they have a black and a brown, which is really great. Um, 
I use um, the foundation I told you about. I'm finishing up a, 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 a powder that, unfortunately, they don't make anymore, so that's not helpful to you. But I also use um, Echo Bella's blush. I use their color called Nutmeg, um, which is really good for redheads. Um, what else is in my cosmetic bag? I, I really am using tons of Echo Bella. I have their eyeliner pencils, and I love their eyeliner eye powder called Ivy. It's a very dark green that reads a little bit like a green black when it's on. So right now, for that, I'm using a lot of their products and liking them. Wonderful. Yeah, that's so different from the old days when we used to take Crisco and put red food coloring in it and hope we came up with something like a cream blush. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yes. A long way from that. Yes. Yeah, really. You've come a long way, baby. We all have. So tell me whenever you're out in public, do you feel in any way diminished because of what you wear and, and what you have on your face? Oh, never. Not even for a second. No. No. I love what I wear. I get compliments on what I wear. I have this fabulous, and I know you have something by them, too, the Vote Couture. I have my gorgeous Vote Couture ocean blue Belden coat from Vote Couture. I've worn that, and they, people stop me in New York City when I'm there. You're the Totally. Town of black, and they stop me to say, where did you get your coat? So I feel great in the clothes that I wear. And like I said, I'm very picky, and I encourage women and men, too, to be really picky about you wear, what you wear, not only from a compassionate standpoint, which, of course, is critical, but also from the, the standpoint of what looks and feels really good on you so that when you walk out your door, you feel like a million bucks everywhere you go. So do you have let's say, three tips from an image consultant for somebody who perhaps will never hire an image consultant but could use a little help. Um, sure, absolutely. My favorite tip always is to know what colors look really great on you. And that will, I know there's a tendency to buy a lot of black and gray because there's so much in the stores and everybody tells you it's chic and it's slimming and all of those things. But you know what? Black can also be very um, dampening of your spirit. And what you really want to see is who you are shining through. So limit the black and gray and go for some color. And if you're not sure and you don't have anybody near you who can do your colors, you know, expertly, then here are four colors that work on a lot of people. Forest green, a very deep periwinkle, a deep teal, and watermelon. Those four colors, if all you added were those into your wardrobe with your favorite neutral tone, you'd be doing great. And another tip is to really dress for who you are. And I lead my clients through a very involved process of finding out what that is. But you know what? Everybody can start by just finding a couple of adjectives that define who they are at a really gut level. Positive adjectives, please. No negative ones, which we have a tendency as women to want to go to. Um, but maybe you're joyful or dynamic or peaceful or serene or, um, you know, uh, brightly spirited, whatever it is that makes you you, make sure that your wardrobe reflects that. And it can really, you can really pay attention to the clothes, pick them up and say, is this joyful or does it look blah and boring and dreary? Then that's very clear as to which one you choose. And, um, and the last thing is, and this one's a little bit, people don't like to hear this, but you know what? Before you can bring anything new and beautiful into your closet, you have to clean out what's in there. And if you aren't somebody who does this regularly, don't try to do it all at once, but go through and really move out the things you never wear. Move out the things that aren't the right size for you. Move out the things that have a stain or a rip or a tear that you can't be repaired. Just get them out of that closet. Put them in the bins, pack them away under the bed, whatever you need to do, just get them out of your closet. And if you need help, I actually have a free e-course on my website. If you get my beauty toolkit, you get the free e-course that helps you detoxify your wardrobe because it's kind of like with a... Um, a garden, if you have a garden full of weeds and you try to put beautiful flowers in there, the weeds are going to eat up all the flowers and you won't be able to see how beautiful the flowers are because there are too many weeds in there. So you really want to clear out your closet to what you wear and what you love and then you can add new beautiful things in gorgeous colors that really reflect who you are and before you know it, you'll have a wardrobe that you love. Ooh, and 30 seconds. What about all the leather and wool stuff? 
Well, you have a couple of choices. One is you can just um, move it out and get rid of it, which is what I chose to do because I did not want to be associated with it. Um, and two, you can wear it until it wears out and just and just decide not to buy any more. And as you add, add the new things in, the old leather and wool can just go away. So mm. you have two different ways, whatever works better for you. I love that. Have it your way. Ginger <laughs> Burr, TotalImageConsultants.com. By all means, go to the site, get the free stuff, learn how to detoxify your closet. Woohoo! What a great thing to do in the dead of winter or really any time of year. Thank you so much, Ginger, for bringing some brightness and some deep periwinkle and some watermelon joyousness to Main Street Vegan today. Next week... Richard Schwartz, Judaism and Veganism. Be with us. And hey, you guys, God bless and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement. 
when you keep bringing up the rear. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.